I highly honor and I highly respect Dr. Remy. That man, I told Terry, I said, he could go ahead and preach today if he wanted to. There's an anointing on his life, and, and I just am so excited about what our future lies in the missions area because of Dr. Remy and his beautiful wife, Ruth. I want to uh, begin today by letting you know the experience that you are experiencing in your life is one of two things. First of all, every one of us are in line with this, that God is moving in a very unique way at Valley Community Church. He is moving in a way that is bringing transition, transformation, healing, restoration in every one of our lives. You also could be in a time frame where the enemy hates what is happening because your destiny is beginning to be envisioned, is beginning to manifest, and he hates it. And he's coming in with lies, let me just tell you, with lies that is trying to get you, to get your focus off what God has said, what God has promised, and what God will do. And so the Lord has led me at the beginning of this year to teach on the subjects that we have already taught on, ending last week on the mini-series on marriage. And we begin a new series on prayer. We are going to be talking about prayer for the next four to five, possibly six weeks. And in this, what we are going to do is we're going to experience not a, where I'm going to challenge you to be more of a prayer warrior, but I'm going to challenge you to understand what God has promised, what God had said, because prayer mostly is a proclamation of what God has already done. And we need to learn that. So this series will be based upon that. And next of all, uh, as we always do, I'm going to ask if you're able to. And if you're not able to, we're going to pray for you. You'll be healed. But if you could stand with me, and we are going to make a proclamation of the Word of God over our lives. We're going to make sure that our hearts are aligned so that everything God has to say today through his Holy Spirit will be absolutely understood. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Coronavirus, you have no place in this church, in our homes, in our businesses, in our jobs, where we play, where we work, where we work out, every place we go, Healing is there, and there is nothing that can come against the man or woman of God, and we give you praise for that. But I proclaim that because there are some that are walking in fear, and I come against that spirit of fear, and I say, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, wisdom and insight in how we are to live. But now I just make a proclamation God, that what you have promised is a done deal. And when we learn about the prayer of Jabez, we learn about the Holy Spirit, 
in our prayer life. Father, that we would absolutely be overwhelmed with a revelation and understanding that there is nothing that can hinder the destiny that you have proclaimed over us before the foundation of this earth. It is, again, a done deal. And I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters. I thank you, Lord, for their lives, for who they are. Blessings upon blessings upon each one of the homes represented here today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. So what did Jabez really mean? The question that I want to ask some of you, and basically all of you, how many of you have read the book, The Prayer of Jabez? Very good book. I recommend it. I would recommend that you would read it. And we are going to um, use the points that are in that book, but I'm going to share with you, I believe that in that book, there should be five points instead of four. And uh, I, I believe the fifth one is a culmination of living our lives with expectancy of the blessings of the Lord uh, and what he has said. And it does, it, it's not dependent upon what man does or says to you. It's dependent on your belief on what God had said and what God has done on the cross and the resurrection. Amen? So let me make a statement to you. Uh, the prayer of Jabez is not a magic formula. If you say it enough, it's going to happen. I don't believe this prayer is a magic formula. I do believe this prayer is a truth that God is reinstating to Valley Community Church today because you are a healed church. You are moving in realms that you have never moved in before in your life. You have made decisions based upon the kingdom of God and not your business, not your job, not your family, not your marriage. You've made a decision based upon kingdom principles. And because of that, you are walking in or beginning to walk in the blessings of the Lord. And we need to learn how to handle the blessings of the Lord. We need to learn how to walk in those blessings, and in those blessings, we need to learn how to utilize and not abuse the very things that God has given us. Some of you lived your life by this truth for years in the prayer of Jabez. You have asked God to bless you and increase you for the kingdom's sake. And God has done that for you. You are walking in spiritual kingdom blessings. You are walking in a lifestyle of a blessing in your homes. And and some of that blessing is not just based upon how much money you have in a bank. That's included. But it's it's based upon kingdom principles. Now, the prayer of Jabez, I'm going to do something with you, and uh, we're going to have some fun with this. But now the prayer of Jabez is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. That's where your pages are white in your Bible. And um, it's not in your history of your iPad. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. But we won't start here because I think you need to know the context of this prayer. You know how I am. 
I think you need to know the context. So in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we're going to begin reading uh, verse 1 and 2. The sons of Judah were Perez Hezron, Carmi Hur, and Shobel. And Rial, the son of Shobel, begot Jahath. And Jahath begot Amohi and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. Now hold your excitement. I know you're jumping out of your seats of all this revelation here. Verse 3, these were the sons of the father of Etam, Jezreel, Ishma, and, and Idbash, and the name of their sister was Hazela Pony. I didn't know that their sister was Hazela Pony. She probably had a pony too. Verse 4, and Penuel was the father of Gedor, and Ezer was the father of Hosha. These were the same, the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathath, the father of Bethlehem. Now, why I'm reading this to you is because it's really boring. <laughs> Verse 5, and Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hila and Nera. I didn't know this either. He had two wives. Verse 6. Nera bore him a husum, heifer, that's a good name, <laughs> to many, a hashtari, these were the sons of Nera. Verse 7, the sons of Hila were Zareth, Zohar, and Ethnan, and Koz begot Anud, Zobabah, and the families of Aherhel, the sons of Haram. Read those first eight verses, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? But before we read verse 9 and 10, let's read verse 11. Chelub, the brother of Shuha, begot Moher, who was the father of Eshton, and Eshton begot Beth-Raphah, Paseah, and Tehunah, the father of Ur-Nahash. These were the men of Rekah. Now, the reason I read it to you is to show you this keeps going. How many of you skip these verses when you're reading through the Bible? Okay, yeah, okay. Lord, forgive them because... Let me give you the background of chapter 4. Chapter 4 is the genealogy of the tribe of Judah. But chapter 1, verse 1 of Chronicles starts this whole genealogy with Adam and goes through chapter 9. This is the longest genealogy in the Bible. It starts with Adam and goes through David's grandchildren. It is nine chapters, and I counted them, and has 500 names. I can only count to 501, so I made it. By the way, when it gets to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God changes Jacob's name to Israel. Very interesting. Israel had 12 sons, 12 tribes of Israel, it is called. 
So when this genealogy gets to Israel, it then goes through each son or man in the 12 sons and his children. So it covers again from Adam to David's grandchildren. Now notice this. Adam was created 4,000 B.C. Noah was born 2,500 B.C. Abraham, 2,000 B.C. Moses, 1,500 B.C. And David was about 1,000 B.C. So, with all of that, in 1 Chronicles, the first nine chapters, and a little over 3,000 years were all these names. That's 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 9. So let's now look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, which is the prayer. Verse 10 is a prayer of Jabez. Now Jabez, verse 9, was more honorable than his brothers. Now Ezra wrote Chronicles. Prophet Ezra. It was a 3,000-year genealogy that he started with. There's a reason. He then stops in the middle and says, listen to this very closely. He stops in the middle and says, now Jabez is worth talking about. He says, I have to tell you about this guy Jabez. In the genealogy is Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David. Jabez is the only one he talks about. Why? There is one other verse, but it mentions the city of Jabez. And most of the theologians believe this man was so blessed that they named a city after him because God blessed him so much. Jabez made a proclamation of the heart of God. The prayer of Jabez is a proclamation of the heart of God. You can say it a million times and it won't work unless you understand it's the heart of God. It's the heart of your God. That when you begin to move into this realm, you will begin to understand kingdom principles and your prayer life will explode and you will begin to pray more in a proclamation than you will in a time frame of hurt. Verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. All right, I understand, ladies. Um, not like I should, but I understand that there is pain in childbirth. I watched my two children being born. She says pain. Of course, all births have pain, so she must have had a very hard and painful delivery. The root word of Jabez is sorrow. So look at verse 10 now, and this is the prayer of Jabez. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. 
I know the, the, um, the aspect of what is being said here in the Hebrew when he says, oh, I believe the word is really bringing a content of, oh my goodness, I see the heart of God. And then he begins to pray. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And Ezra said, so God granted him what he requested. Now Jabez's mother proclaimed his destiny His destiny with his name was pain or sorrow. Another person named their child, but her husband changed the name of the child. If you remember the story of Rachel, bore Benjamin, and she named him the son of my sorrow because she was dying when she bore him. His father changed his name to Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So you see, because of the pain, the proclamation of the son was of sorrow and of pain, that the destiny of this child would be sorrow and pain. But we see the name change here, and we also see how that Jabez's mother named him pain and sorrow, but you read part of the prayer That is not in the prayer of Jabez's book that we love and we read. Jabez starts out with a destiny of sorrow. So here's my point. And if there's nothing you get today, I want you to get this. I want you to hear it. So move everything out of your brain and allow your spirit to be able to hear this. I am telling you what what is amazing about the prayer of Jabez is that God can change your destiny. Whatever is there, whatever's happened, whatever's gone on, whatever people have said, whatever parents, whatever grandparents, whatever brothers, sisters, whatever coworkers, bosses have said to you, and you have lived in that life, you have lived in that pain, you've lived in that rejection, you've lived in all those things. I want you to understand We serve a God that can change it. And the proclamation that Jabez made was powerful. So God can change your destiny. He is just waiting for you to ask. So let's look at what Jabez prayed. First of all, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Jabez was asking God to bless him. But I believe Jabez saw the greatness and and just who God is, and he just went, oh, will you bless me? Because he saw the character of God, the love and the character and the vastness and the beauty of our God. Many don't ask. Some don't ask because they feel guilty 
because they hear religion tell them, if you're rich, there's something wrong with you. God wants to bless you folks. God wants to prosper you. Or we don't feel worthy enough. Jesus Christ paid that price. And we will talk about that in this series. But we don't feel worthy enough for God blessing us. So we live in a, a, a finite, we live in a, a life that is so bound into religion and bound into man's ideas. And I just want to tell you, in this series, what the Holy Spirit promised me is there was going to be such breakthrough in all of us. Even though you believe this, you're going to believe this more. Because you're not going to see it through how wonderful you are. You're going to see it through, oh, how wonderful your God is. Because he is. He's an amazing God. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Church, I encourage you to ask God to bless you. This is not a selfish prayer. Later, I will show you this prayer is very unselfish because it's a person that has kingdom mentality and that the, the, what you have is really not about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about what God is trying to do in the kingdom and he's using you. Satan tells you you, you don't read the Bible enough. You don't pray enough. You still have that sin. You're too selfish. You should only pray for other nations. Don't pray for your nation. Don't pray for your city. Don't pray for your home because that's selfish. Church, it is God's will and his desire to bless you. He is simply waiting on for you to ask and live the life. God has chosen prayers as the vehicle of blessings to travel in, and pride keeps us from asking. Total opposite of what religion teaches. Pride keeps us from asking. Prayer means you have realized you cannot do it on your own, and you need God. The definition of blessed also is this, to be set apart for success happiness and prosperity, and it is a divine enabling by God. God enables people to be blessed. Your finances, your marriage, your life, your school, your relationships. The Bible says uh, here, indeed, the word indeed uh, means more than enough. Here's the second part of the prayer. Jabez prays, and enlarge my ter territory. And enlarge my territory. So what then is your territory? The answer is, it's everywhere you go and everything you do. I'm going to say that again. It's everywhere you go and it's everything that you do. That's your territory. There's an anointing that is there. There's a power that is there in Christ, walking in the, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that allows you 
to everywhere you go and everything you do to have the enabling of the blessings of God, and it enlarges your territory. Where you work, where you live, where you play, everywhere. Motherhood, fatherhood, where you serve in church, everywhere. You're asking first, here in the prayer, you're asking first for divine enabling. Next, you ask God for divine direction. So what the prayer of Jabez is literally talking about, the first two things, and we'll go on with the other three, you're asking for divine enabling and you're asking for divine direction. This is your territory. You will be enabled and you will have Holy Spirit-led direction. You ask and believe. My willingness plus God's supernatural power equals my territory. (laughs) Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians is saying God wants to work through you And he is doing the work enlarging the kingdom through you. So what we begin to see in the prayer of Jabez, that that he not only saw God, his character, his love, who he is, he knew who God was, he also saw his power. He saw his kingdom. And he saw that everything God did was for the kingdom of God. And in every aspect of that, and that's why he said that, enlarge my territory, because when you enlarge my territory, you're enlarging your kingdom, because you become kingdom-minded. You become a person who's living your life in such a kingdom mind that everything you do is enabled and directed, and you're able to accomplish all things that God has promised you. That's the God that we serve. So when God enlarges you in your territory, he he is enlarging the kingdom of God. Your witness, your giving, everything that you are. By the way, how's that giving going for you? It works, doesn't it? The third thing he prays, that your hand would be with me. This is where you are dependent upon God. Nothing bothers me more when I see one of my peers becoming cocky in ministry. That they don't look out and see the amazing gifts that God has placed in the body of Christ that he pastors. I look out at you and I see amazing gifts. I am proud of who you are and what God is doing in and through you. This is where you are absolutely dependent upon God. If you begin to ask God to bless you in larger territory, God will do it. (laughs) Everyone always gets quiet when I say stuff like that. God will do it, church. Do you really believe that? You know, the problem is some people don't believe this. You now have more, more, and greater responsibility. So you need God. So first, you get 
divine enabling in this prayer. Second, you get divine direction. And third, you get divine anointing. This is where we begin to ask for his help, his power. In the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 21, it says, and the hand, there it is again, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. I want the hand of the Lord, the the power of God to be with me, so that when I'm around the unsaved, that they see Christ. They see the power of God. And when I'm walking around and someone is sick, I can lay hands on them, or maybe not even lay hands because they don't understand that. Just pray for them. In Jesus' name, you're well, and see the miraculous in their life, and they come to know Christ. I go to work, and I, and, I, and I work, and everybody's frustrated with the boss or whatever, but I'm not frustrated because I walk in kingdom principles, and I honor those that are above me, and I honor those that are my peers, and I honor those that are below me. And because of the kingdom principle, then people see me and they want to be like me because the power of God works in and through me. They want to live the life that I'm living. That's not being prideful. That's knowing who God is in my life and what he will do for me. Isn't that awesome? The hand of the Lord was with them, the New Testament church. So the question you need to ask yourself, if you begin to receive more blessing and consequently more territory, here it is, are you going to need more power? Yeah. See, a basketball in my hand is worth $29. A basketball in Kobe Bryant's hand is worth 30 million. And we need to recognize how much is it worth in the hand of God. If your life is has the hand of God working with you, you are worth so much more when God's hand is on you. Again, how much is God's hands worth? Here's the fourth part of the prayer. And it's in that book, Prayer of Jabez. I've added some stuff here. Here's the fourth. And that you would keep me from evil. Now we need to look at this and we need to understand what what this is saying here. This is how you maintain blessing that you would keep me from evil. You must realize blessing can become a temptation because now you have prosperity, influence, and power. You can abuse it and not use it for the kingdom of God. God, if you bless me, I'll tithe 15%. He only asked for 10. I'll tithe 15%. You inherit $10 million? 
What is 15% of $10 million? $1.5 million. You've never wrote a check like that. It's going to be hard unless you have a kingdom mind. You sell a home and you make 800000 10% of that and a tithe is 80000 You've never wrote a check like that before. <laughs> you see, as God begins to bless you, and he's been doing that at Valley Community, as God begins to enlarge your territory, you must fight and run from evil. Notice it says, keep me from, not through evil. You know, it's so accepting in the Christian realm, in the church, I believe because of uh, wrong teaching that happens in the church, is that we always teach on how to handle life through evil. Yeah, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer Jesus has overcome that. Amen? He's overcome it. He has defeated the works of the enemy. So here's the reality, is that we want to have power to live through evil, but, but what Jabez was saying here, and this is before Christ, he's looking towards the cross. What Jabez said here, he says, keep me from evil. Now, Matthew 6.13 says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I don't want to be anywhere near temptation. What Jabez was saying here in his prayer, he said, Help not to be anywhere close to temptation or traps. Another scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, flee sexual immorality. It doesn't say how to overcome it. Watch these 20 videos, listen to these tapes, and you will be able to overcome it. No, it says run from it. Run. Get as far away from it as you can. Walk away. If you're at work and someone's coming on you, walk away. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. That's not why you're not walking away. Because it feels good. Stop meddling, Pastor. My prayer should be, I don't even want to see it. I don't want to be around it. I'm not going to put my, play, my life involved in it. I'm not going to get near it. See, the book, The Prayer of Jabez, covers these four parts. And again, I've added a little bit more on this. But I think there's one more part of prayer. The fifth part of prayer is this, that I might not cause pain. I want you to realize this. Evil causes pain. Run from evil. Evil causes pain. Not just in you. If you're kingdom-minded, your life is not only about serving God 
and, and walking in the blessing of the Lord, your life literally now is about giving. It's about touching other lives. It's about who you are, the things you say, the things you do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just telling you, we have to understand that what happened here, because of what happened in his birth, he was named pain and sorrow. The destiny was proclaimed over him to be a pain. You ever known anybody who's a pain? Well, maybe they're living out what was proclaimed over them. Satan and sin causes destruction. We need to be, and I've been telling this to leadership groups we need to be self-correcting and then being a people that know how to submit, come under a mission of leaders. Learn, grow, be what God's called us to be. Get out there, be kingdom-minded, be prayer people, walk in the kingdom lifestyle and stop allowing the enemy to bring evil around us and hanging out with evil. I'm not talking about being prude. I can walk around and you know, be there when there's, you know, unbelievers or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We should be around unbelievers to bring them the kingdom instead of being around unbelievers to live in their kingdom. So I'd like you to pray this for me. Oh, that you would bless Pastor Gary? Indeed. You would enlarge his territory. That your hand would be with him? Help him prepare his messages with great anointing. You would keep him from evil so that he might not be a pain. Pray this for the staff. Pray it over your home. Jabez started by causing pain. First thing he did was, hi, mom, caused her pain. He has a heart not to cause pain with those around him. And so he prayed the prayer that he prayed. My question to you, where is your heart in this? I know people that have a lot, and they're a real pain. I know people who love Jesus with all their heart and they got a lot and they divorced their wife and they had affairs and they made these decisions because they hung around evil and they liked evil more than they liked the kingdom of God. A lot of times we, we base our, our life and our church thinking, our religious thinking on just if you pray enough, and I want you to understand in this series, we're going to learn, we're going to be prayer warriors. Every one of us are going to be prayer people after this message, after this series. But I want to tell you there's more than just the prayer. It's being like Jabez and going, oh, that's who God is. I was told something else. He's this ogre. He does all that. He loves me. He forgives me. He's a way maker. Amen.
He's a miracle worker. My God is great. And that's what we need to understand, just like Jabez. So if you pray and just say, oh, you know, Pastor Gary said, I'm going to get rich. If I pray, praise God, I'm going to go get a lottery ticket after this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't even know how to work those tickets. I don't buy them. I don't even know. How do you do it? Do you scratch it off or do you, what do you do? I don't know. Anyways, the reality is we have to get our lives in line with what God says, not what man says. I will sit and I will, I'm meddling again, here I go. I will sit and I'll listen to people on TV, news, whatever it is, and I'll listen to them and I'll think sometimes I'll say, that's why I go up into the man cave, and I'll say, that's straight from the pit of hell. You are, sin- you are of your father, Satan, because of what they're saying, the lies and the, the, the manipulation that goes on. I will, I will literally <clears throat> watch a movie and I'll shut it off because I can hear I can hear because my spirit is yelling at me and saying, it is of the enemy. Now, don't look at me, especially young people say, hey man, I watch movies, I watch TV, I watch sports, but I know the difference because I walk in the kingdom of God and the spirit of God. I know the difference between something that's entertainment and that's something that's coming from the pit of hell. And what do I do from that? I run from it. I will not allow it to fill my mind because I'm renewing my mind to the word of God. Am I perfect? Mm, honey, am I perfect? I'm sorry? Almost. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. So what we're going to really desire to do in this series is to develop a culture with the truths of this prayer. The prayer itself is not a magic tool. But we're going to develop a culture, not only in the church, but in your, your life individually, collectively in your home, that you live this. When things are stated to you that's, that's opposite of the truth in this prayer, you won't just say, oh, no, I'm, I'm a child of God, and you can't say that to me. People will say it to you. Just hear it, walk away from it, and rebuke it in Jesus' name. And say, oh, I see who you really are. That was a lie back there, wasn't it, God? Because I know who you are. And so I'm going to live the kingdom of God. And I'm not going to live what these people are saying to me. So stop labeling people like the culture of today. I am so, I pray every single day telling the Lord, I am sorry for how people in the United States of America are labeling people. Calling them all kinds of things. 
supposedly to make them feel good. And I want to say to you, do not get out of that realm and get into the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, what you need to understand is that, that they are, they're born again, they're sons and daughters of God. They're sons and daughters of God. You don't know their gifting. You don't know who they are. I get so surprised all the time with you, the giftings and the abilities and the things you can do. And I look at that and say, God, where, what line was that? to get that gift. I must have missed it. Because there's so many people that are so bound because of their thoughts of God and because of their lack of proclamation of truth, the prayer of Jabez. The last point was that God will deliver you from sorrow and pain. Live that life. Get out of the ditch. Get out of your, your friend's ditch. Get out of the history of your family's ditch and begin walking on the road and begin, begin to be a child of the kingdom of God. And watch this. Then let God's proclamation of who you are be your destiny. Let's all stand.